0: probably all of those things thanks to the sex pistols what a wonderful part of uk culture and aussie culture they were some time back welcome back to range anxiety on a sunday session i've just been out to a bit of a lunch so my 30 years of automotive tuning and general experience in 30 minutes is going to be A little bit more relaxed. I mean, we've got our wonderful local brewery Coopers are doing 440ml big cans up until Australia Day for the price of small cans. So one must enjoy them while they can. Thank you very much, Coopers, great South Australian icon. And it's 44 degrees C here in Adelaide today. Well, this is what the the Model 3 SR Plus is telling me. So I feel like a bit of an anarchist. Just even. Sticking my head outdoors. Took the dog to the beach this morning before the sun came out. But now the sun's out, it will melt asphalt. Literally, it'll melt the roads. So yeah, it's very hot. We're in the 110s or something for my American listeners. So yeah, that that that's massive. Some bit hot, bit sweaty, and there's been a lot getting me hot under the collar lately. I spoke uh, in the last epicast something about people just making things up about COVID because they just don't want to work anymore and don't want to make anything and everything's delayed and everything's you know shit because of covid um the countries that are getting ravaged by it are actually doing a much better job of making things and their supply chain's working than australia australia's managed to allegedly contain the disease to some degree to the point where it's not a problem but we're all just sitting on our fat, lazy asses doing nothing and getting parts for cars my goodness it is becoming worse and worse and worse i mean who would have thought that when you're not allowed to travel you're not allowed to go overseas you're not buying plane tickets who would have thought that you would have spent money on your car hello bloody hell and it's just getting worse delays and waits on things and ah oh. anyway um I've got some progress to report on a couple of the car builds that we've we've got going the name the Audi R8 and the GDR well I'm not having a lot of luck with that Audi R8 turbocharger kit fits perfectly cannot get the portal to process the ECU files correctly so I have actually actually pulled the pin I need a result now things can't hang around for too long we need to get that car out there and you know knowing the people that own it it's never going to stay around the seven or eight pounds of boost it's going to end up with 30 stuff down its neck at some stage so i contacted my good friends at uh, cyvex in the uk and i ordered their r8 slash lamborghini huracan plug and play system for the car again you know a country ravaged by COVID. Uh, they had this thing they processed the payment instantly on the spot some hefty credit card bill that will be and got the thing it's been on order for 24 well it has been paid for for just over 24 hours and it's already left Heathrow on a plane coming to Australia so no doubt it'll be at the Sydney airport or Melbourne airport within about 48 hours and then it will sit in Australia locked up for about a week and a half while everyone scratches their bums sits around drinks coffee and doesn't want to do any work watch this space I guarantee you they'll be late no stuff up for our race meeting I would like to see it Wednesday, because of course it is Australia Day on Tuesday and nothing happens, you know, because God knows we haven't had enough time off, have we? Bloody hell. Anyway, so the Audi's in a bit of a state of limbo. If I can get that thing, I've got a really nice base file for it. If I I can get that ECU, it takes about an hour to install it, plug and play, beautiful. You're going to love that. I've got a good base file. I'll have that thing running on the dyno and tuned within... 45 minutes at least in a form that's good enough to drive and race so let's see how i go it's either going to be the next epicast i'm either going to be swearing and cursing like this one or i'm going to be really happy um the octopus that we're stuffing into the jar better known as the gtr um with the big ets pro kit on it yeah that's that's proving to be really tight because there's a lot of things with oil drains and that aren't taken into account or left the right hand drive and racks being in different positions and the problem with any gdr r35 turbocharger system or anything you do deep down in there in the engine bay is you have to get it right first time because if something anything even something minor goes wrong there's an oil leak or a hose comes off or its engine out to get at it yeah that's right there's no oh, i'll just lean in there and do up the hose clamp or i'll just lean in there and tighten the oil line no 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 the engine comes out to do anything pretty much so you know we've been dicking around with that a fair bit making sure that all the best fittings are there all the best heat insulations there and going over the top trying to build reliability into the thing and tomorrow morning uh, we'll be dropping the body back over the engine and subframe (laughs) and yeah we're both going to wear our uh gareth and i we're going to wear our dyno hearing protection so you won't want to hear the body going all the way down (laughs) over bits and pieces that are poking out yeah she's, she's a tight fit hopefully the clearance is good enough to get the job done so hope you know the gdr shouldn't be that big from here it's a matter of plumbing up the intercooler and doing some things again i've got a good handle on the software we're using the factory ecu in the gdr which is good enough you know to support a proper 1500 1600 wheel horsepower car no problems at all um and the audi shouldn't be a problem either providing we get the parts so we've got a bit of a plan in amongst all of the other booked in work so my week's either going to go really really well or it's going to be just a hair pulling exercise and thank goodness then that I don't have much hair. I'm quite well prepared for what I think is coming. Yup, it could be fairly ugly, or it could be very good. Um, I'm taking the Model S, uh, Raven, Tesla up to roll racing. i am uh, probably tease a few people with it, but I probably won't. I don't think we've got it entered for racing, so you know I'm just going to be cruising around on self-drive, waving, and generally being uh, an... Antichrist, anarchist, EV lover as I am, which brings me to some of the uh, topic of today's epicast. Uh, I've mentioned it him before. The automotive expert in Australia had a big tirade about Tesla the other day um, because he figured that they don't have their new battery cells and the, all of the stuff that they rabbited on about in. Battery day doesn't exist, it's all made up, Elon Musk's a liar, you know, all of this sort of crap. No, look, he may well be, I don't care, I'm, I'm not dating a guy. Um, however, he did this just off the top of his head, sort of making stuff up as he went as a bit of clickbait. I happen to know people that know people that know people, and I have seen photographs of the new cells. And in fact, uh, Electric Jesus put up a, a video looking for battery technicians and the video was just a pretty cool thing of of the production of the 4680 cells at the fremont plant i believe roadrunner i think it's called um the plant that builds them they've got some pretty cool names for shit like you know the spacex in hawthorne is the dragon hatchery and you know all of this sort of you might as well have fun in your workplace right rather than just rock up being a miserable prick at factory 142 so i've had a good look at well what i believe to be genuine uh, information on these forty-six eighty cells. They're called forty-six eighty cells because they're forty-six millimeters around and eighty millimeters tall, and they're the tabless um, cathode arrangement. Tabless anode. I'm not sure of my battery tech, but what they are is a bloody good battery, and they're going to revolutionise this whole thing even a step further. You know, people are talking about them having like a two million mile capability and warranty, and you know, normal size EVs like a, a three or an X or a Y or at s taking a thousand kilometer charge which would be pretty handy the more charge you've got the further you go the happier you are and you don't suffer from range anxiety um they're also building them to be a structural part of the car now uh which is bloody smart you know people have been using engines or, or uh, drivetrain components as stressed members particularly in high-end cars for a long time and now tesla have decided we, we're going to do high-end uh, Engineering in our cars, which they've been doing a lot anyway, but they're going to use the battery system as a stressed member of the vehicle. And with this new 4680 cell, it's going to be an amazing thing. I mean, let's let's face it: with what they've got upcoming with the Cybertruck and the Roadster and the Model S Plaid, which will be the first one to market, I, I believe they're talking about end of this year for the Model S Plaid. However. Elon's been using winky faces as replies on Twitter when people say you've got it ready already, haven't you? So he might actually surprise the entire world and be ahead of time with the Model S Plaid. I really hope so, because I really want one. But none of these cars will have the performance or range that he's promised without this 4680 cell. There are already prototype cars. I've seen photos of the actual cars of Ys that are running around in the US with the cells in them already. So... While supply might be a little bit limited because Tesla are doing this sell themselves, they do exist in the automotive export. and ex, the automotive export, that's pretty good. Sounds like a, a kind of oil or something. Yeah, the expert is just totally full of shit on this one. So you heard it here first. I know I have seen the future and this isn't like, you know, some flat earth draining the swamp sort of thing, you know, made up of videos of lunatics on BitChute. This is like real people in real factories doing doing real things, which is pretty, pretty cool. And anyway, the whole the whole Flat Earth Society just lost my interest, not that I ever had any in it, when they started, like, bad-mouthing Richie Benno. I mean, bad-mouthing Richie, I mean, he's marvellous, isn't he? And, you know, just leave people alone, you wankers. Okay, enough of that. What I did have a bit of a laugh at this week, because as we know, we're going to talk a little bit about EVs today. I haven't been doing it much, and some people are actually asking me in feedback. Oh, Martin, you know, you're supposed to know about these things. Can you talk about them? Yeah, look, there have been some interesting developments. Everyone's rushing to the door with their internal combustion things. All the manufacturers are going ape shit crazy, trying to sweep all their old crap under the carpet and get on board the Elon train. And they're going to do it, and they're going to do it well, but so far it's been... Pretty bloody shoddy i'm a great fan of uh, mercedes-benz you know i've got one sitting next to me i'm looking at at the moment i love their old school v8 bangers awesome bloody things if you're going to have something that drinks dinosaur blood like it's free uses oil like it's not even there makes all the right noises and stinks there's nothing better than mercedes v8 they're you know they're a man's car um yeah i mean i'm not a fan of the eqc you know just a a normal petrol car with some batteries stuffed in it and a you know one car of the year. I'm sure their canapes were very tasty and some of the luxury tickets that the journalists enjoyed to sporting events will be much appreciated. You know, Mercedes have a press department. I suppose they're the only people that had a, were able to do this Tesla don't have a press department so I think most automotive journalists are pecker heads. Having worked as an automotive journalist for some time I can tell you, the majority of them are peckerheads, part of an old boys club where one hand feeds the other. Everyone scratches each each other's back, and if you're a dickhead, you get the shit assignments. But if you help each other out, you get the good assignments. And you know it all culminates in holidays at the Nurburgring, or used to once upon a time. I think that since people don't bother reading magazines anymore, I think that's changed a lot. So. You see a lot of these pecker heads out now working in lawnmower shops trying to sell, you know, blade replacements and shit, which is probably where a lot of them belong. Because automotive journalism is one of those things where, you know, what you've got to have is an opinion. It doesn't necessarily have to be right. Uh, spend all day trying to go sideways in a car, loop it 50 times doing it, but the photographer will get one shot even if you're well on the way to loop, so you look like you're cool when you're sliding. Pecker heads. Okay, we're past that. So let's have a look at Mercedes' new offering, the EQA. It's little baby things, A-class thing. Not that they're little cars anymore. They're bloody huge cars these days. All cars are huge. Um, I don't know when we're seeing it in Australia or if we're seeing it in Australia, but I had a look at it, Uh, the overseas launch, which is last week, last uh, Tuesday, I think, our time. And let's have a look at the starting price. It's £40,000, which means it's going to be the best part with our luxury car tax and everything. It's it's dearer than a Model 3. So it's going to be 80 to 90 grand here, the EQA, if and when it comes here. I'm sure it will. The EQC came here. Doesn't have much of a charging network in place for it yet. You know, (laughs) that's all right. I'm sure, you know, people will plug in at home or something. Like, you can't just drive down to your local Tesla supercharger and plug in and charge it in five minutes. So you've got to be a little bit more creative. So your 80 or 90 thousand dollar... Um, A-Series Merc is front-wheel drive. So, of course, being front-wheel drive, it doesn't have a frunk. Now, those of you that are EV knobs will know that a frunk, the front trunk, or under the bonnet where the engine is in a normal car, is another boot, another trunk. Hence, we call it the frunk. So, your Model 3 has a, a boot in the front, a boot in the back, and a boot under the floor. So, you've got, like, three trunks, or three boots in a Model 3. The Merc doesn't have that because... Again, it's once more it's based on a normal gasoline petrol platform. Still got a transmission tunnel in it for no, you know all that sort of thing. I suppose actually, I suppose it doesn't have a transmission tunnel because it's front wheel drive. But it it's not designed to carry batteries solely, so it's not their new platform, which Mercedes are desperately working on. So this eighty or ninety thousand dollar Benz front wheel drive doesn't make any power. I think it's like one hundred eighty horsepower. It does naught to one hundred in nine point something seconds now let's put that into perspective it, while it has the same range as a, a claimed range no one's really a driven one much yet the same claimed range as a tesla model 3 it does it at half the speed so it's got a similar size battery as an sr plus makes about half the power and goes the same distance and again, the automotive expert was talking about battery efficiency and how Tesla don't have any real advantage there. Well, yeah, maybe, no. But, okay, so your Mercedes goes 0-100 in in 9-point-something. In uh, Model 3 SR Plus will go 4-point-something. So, yeah, it's, it's a bloody big difference. One's twice as fast as the other, essentially. And what you will find is when you eventually do drive evs and and get to know and love them like i do is that at least half of the appeal is being able to accelerate at a rapid rate of knots in and out of situations without having to think about it punch the throttle bang boom gone no histrionics no fuss i could think of nothing worse than an electric car front wheel drive that is slower than anything on the road that's petrol You know, uh, you'll get guys in AU Falcons, and they do incredible things, don't they, AU owners? You'll get guys in, like, standard AU Falcons that will just hose you and cut you off. If you're in the drag, you know, if you're in the left lane, the drag lane, and need to get away quickly from the lights, bang, you can't. You get out and run faster. Wouldn't pull the skin off a custard, this thing. So I find it really pointless. But apparently, the leather is stitched very, very nicely. It comes with a myriad of interior lighting colours and all of that crap. I mean, this is the diametrically opposed problem that we have in the EV uh, market at this stage. Everyone's going to build EVs. The majority of them are going to be shit slow things with a reasonable range. Um, And they're going to be Tesla killers. Tesla have a reasonable range or a good range. And with the 4680, it's going to be a massive, huge, bloody range. Um, But all of their cars are fast. The slowest thing they build does a standing quarter mile in in 13.2 seconds that's the slowest car in the lineup which is a model 3 sr plus right now you see where i'm coming from so as far as tesla being put out of business by the bigger boys i mean toyota still don't know what to do with batteries they still have ads showing charging stations with cobwebs on them they just don't know where the bloody hell they are they're still trying to work out how to sell? How to convince V8 Land Cruiser owners that they need some pissy V6 with a Prius hybrid assist in it? But you see where we're opposed here. One builds fast, sort of cool cars sensor model ranges S3, XY, sexy, and the others build slow, sort of shit that um, builds on their legacy of being good car manufacturers. Mercedes a great car manufacturer, and I love a lot of their products dearly, but I think. The way they're going about this electric thing seems to be hasty, is a good word for it. So, back onto my favourite. Let's stop talking about slow stuff. Back onto my favourite, the Model S Plaid. The lines have just opened up again in Fremont. They had a forced shutdown over Christmas for the Model X and S lines. Three and Y are still going flat out, and why were they doing that? Everyone was saying, oh, no one's buying them, so you know, the staff can take, take extra holidays. No, 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 no. The refresh the refresh is very important for the s and the x they're both getting a bit old and the you know long in the tooth the s has been around since what 2011 or 12 or something like that i mean it's still not as old as an r35 gdr let's put this into perspective and it's had more far more significant in, updates than an r35 gdr so you know perspective is a wonderful thing but to take the structural battery pack to take the bigger cells Um, they're going to put a different screen in it to take the different power unit in the rear they're going to have to redesign a fair bit of it and i believe this is what they've just put into production because again no one knows anything about the plaid yet apart from i people call it the americans call it the plaid we're supposed to call it the plaid we'll just call it the plaid you know because we're cool and we all like to think we've got a bit of la in us maybe maybe not um but we know the way they're going to do or i know the way they're going to do the drivetrain is with two engines or two power units in the rear and one power unit in the front you can't stick one in the middle somewhere there's really uh, tesla being mainly a rear-wheel drive all-wheel drive manufacturer won't give the car front bias we can see by looking at the way the plaid drove around um laguna Seca that it is a little bit understeery anyway that could have been to do with their software calibration but they need to give this thing a rear bias Uh, the actual car that exists, and so they'll have an engine either side or a power unit either side driving through a central gearbox, and yeah, it's going to be a whopper thing, and you know, if you believe Elon's winky faces, some people do, some people don't, Um, if you believe his smiley faces, they've already got a few of these things built and running around, and production should kick off about July, so there will be deliveries of those cars in 2021, not to Australia, we were told Early to mid 2022 is when you'll get your hands on one here. Thank you very much for putting down your $5,000 deposit. So, yeah, that will be an absolute rip ripsnorter of a car, and people are already starting to guess about 0 to 100s in quarter miles. All you can do is go via the official claim, and that official claim is 0 to 100 in sub 2 seconds, 0 to 400 meters in sub 9 seconds. Now, I don't care if that's 1.99999 to 100 an 8.99999, 400 metres, it'll be epic fast. Now, I've been talking about it with some of my American mates and uh, even online, we've been having a few discussions. They're going, yeah, you know, not sure I want to buy the Plaid if it doesn't have, you know, supercar style performance, you know, on the top end. Mate, if you're getting that thing down the quarter mile in sub nine seconds, it's got to be trapping 150 plus mile an hour. It has to, or it simply won't get there. It might do 149, but I believe the McLaren, whatever it is that was just released, uh is now the world's fastest production car. It did like an, an eight no no, a nine, or whatever. It might have done a high eight. I'm not sure, a nine three or something like that at 150 mile an hour. and Everyone's just going ape shit about it. You know, it's like a seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar car. And this $200,000 thing coming out of Fremont, sure, it's a bit of a sleeper, sure, it's a family sedan, but it's going to whoop its ass, uh, not only in a straight line, but also in terms of value for money and what you can actually use the bloody thing for. You know, cars are nothing without being used constantly. And most people that own McLarens drive them about once a year, you know, or once every month, or maybe once a week, but they certainly don't do a lot of miles because... The maintenance and the service on them is, is off its head expensive. I had to buy some rear brake pads for a 650S the other day. 1400 bucks for a set of rear brake pads. Thank you very much. Really? Hell, why don't those things have regenerative braking? You don't even need to use brake pads then. You see where I'm coming from here, kids? Of course you do. So, next time, I'll try and get one in. Arrange anxiety between now and you know if we get some dyno results if we hit the dyno if we can get the cars you know we're going to some bloody car show on friday so we lose a day and then the cars come out of the car show on saturday afternoon to go racing so we lose 24 to you know hours of actual productive work time which is really pushing this shit close 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 and of course there's tons of other stuff during to do during the week and the curveballs from these cars haven't been thrown at us yet well not all of them anyway so i'll give you an update as to whether we're going to make it or not i think it's 50 50 i think if the audi is delayed or the parts the cybex ecu is delayed because of covid then i'll call richie Beto's relatives and get them to deal with it because they know the earth's round and they will make sure the plane flies here if I can get the computer, that'll be done. The GDR should be straightforward, but of course, these things do like to test us from time to time, and I'll be taking a big shovel to pick up whatever is left of the transmission. Thank you for listening to Range Anxiety in this Sunday session, and don't forget to send me your feedback to dtech, D-T-E-C-H at S-E-N-E-T Thanks once more for tuning in.